Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dragon's Library. So in case the episode the episode's title didn't give it away, I have not yet finished Horizon Forbidden West. I tried. I did not finish it in time. About halfway through right now. I'll finish it over the next week. I promise. Um, however, I did finish The Servant Mage, a new book I read and something that actually came out this year. It's a novella, around 170 pages. Very good, actually. Uh, much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be pretty standard. It wasn't what I was expecting, though. So, before we get in, this is going to be the non-spoiler section. Uh, you can go ahead and, uh, you know, just listen to this. I'll give my overview of the story, and I won't try not to give any spoilers. So, we have our main character, uh, Felian. She is a mage. In this world, there are five different types of mages. We've sort of got, like, an avatar kind of situation going on, even more so than before. Although there's a lot of more influence mixed in. Basically, you have Earth, Wind, uh, Fire, and Water Mages, as well as Aether Mages. And mages are created sort of like... It's complicated, but it's sort of like a um, existentially challenged uh, Yahtzee Croshaw series where like ancient beings reach into the world and give them their powers at birth. And it takes place in a small kingdom that recently had a revolution a few decades ago. Uh, the ruling class of corrupt nobles was overthrown by the uh, Liberation. However, the Liberation turned out to be also pretty corrupt and basically enslaved most of the mages. They killed off all the high-ranking ones, except for a handful who serve in the upper ranks of them. And all the lower-class mages are taught from birth that instead of mage powers, you know, having, like, you being able to train them from, from a young age to develop your stronger abilities to become an adept, you're all roughs. You were born roughs. That's all you'll ever be. But apparently it's mostly just to control them. There's a lot of, like, um, higher-level control stuff going on in the narrative there bed. And a lot of emphasis put on how, uh, you know, authoritative and controlling regimes tend to try and manipulate the narrative on both sides. So Felician, uh, Felian was born a mage, which means she was required to serve out the kingdom. Mages are forbidden to use their powers for their own benefit. Uh... The, rev the revolution gives me kind of like a communist vibe, sort of. It's complicated. Also kind of like a Grisha vibe as well. I'm getting a lot of influences for the story, and I can't really pin down a really strong singular influence, which I really like, because that, that's the story of a world that seems to have been born of the author's own imagination, in my opinion. If you can't pin down one single influence, it genuinely means they were kind of inspired by their own uh, imagination. Anyway... She is a lamplighter, which means she's a low-level fire mage who creates lights. Um, a noble, who is later revealed to be a rebel, one of the survivors of the king's regime, comes to, you know, free her for a task to go help some uh, people cross this dark area that's sort of magical, and they need a lamplighter in order to help cross it. Um, they are a, they're using her to finish a five arrow quiver, which is basically a group of mages, one of each element, and they're kind of outlawed. So you quickly realize what's going on. Um, and on the way to their goal, they find out that a rebirth of their world's like avatar. So the kings and queens of this world are those who can use all five elements has been born and it becomes a race between them and the liberation to get a hold of the child. There's a lot more to it, especially in the ending, which, honestly, I'll be real here, I thought this book was moving a little too fast at first, I thought it was kind of 
uh, just throwing out fantasy terms and throwing out the world building occasionally whenever they stopped to talk. But it didn't really feel like it was building the world until the ending. If you think the book's moving too fast, if you think it's not giving enough context and character, you're almost right, but the ending will throw you. I really highly recommend, even if you have a hard time, it's a really short book, only, like I said, it's only 170 pages. You can breeze through this in an afternoon. Stick around to the ending. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's different than I thought it'd be. Again, very different. Especially with when it comes to our parents, who were rebels who um, uh, went against the liberation. I'm not going to say more than that, because there's a lot more context there. Um, Felian herself originally came off as a little distant to me, but I kind of like, again, I kind of grew to like her character in the way that she does, she's very unbending when it comes to her morals, and everyone just kind of assumes they know what those morals are, when they don't. (laughs) And, again, I just really like this, because it takes a common concept, you know, oh, look, we need someone to complete our rebel band to go grab the chosen one and bring them to the rebels so they can be trained from a young age and you're going to be a part of her, you know, you know his or her um, entourage and you'll be one of their guards and we will overthrow this cruel establishment. And yes, the nobles were cruel, but I used to work with the queen, and the previous queen, and we were going to make things better and this new heir will fix everything. It takes that very familiar plot structure. We've seen variations on it a thousand times. And builds a really interesting, complex world that's very much steeped in gray morality, where no one's really right or wrong. Like, there are people who are really cruel or evil, but most of the people fall up very much in the middle, especially a lot of the people that followed them were in the middle. People did what they had to survive. People did what they chose the lesser evil. It's not as much in the, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. I'm not even sure that you could really say there's a outright protagonist. The only reason I'd say maybe the Rebels and Felian are the good guys is because the Liberation are basically enslaving people. But even then, we heard about what the Crown did, and they weren't that great. Um, So all in all, I do very much like it, especially once you learn more about how the chosen ones of this world are formed. Again, I'm not going to spoil anything until you get my spoiler section, but I do very much want to say that. This has a very intriguing magic system. Yes, it's based on the five element system for plus something else. Floor floor plus, you know, special, you know, magitonium element, whatever you feel like, insert here, spirit, heart, whatever. Um, I really like the spirits that end up giving magic to this world in the sort of almost hostile way they interact with the environment. It's all very alien, if that makes sense. Uh, Honestly, the best thing that reminded me of this magic system was probably the uh, books by Yashi Kurosawa, the Differently Morphous series. And it's just mostly in the way that the ancients in, in that series interacted with their mages. Like, they were pushing into this world, and you were extentious, starting to be overwhelmed. And the almost, like, not cruel, but alien way the sp- those spirits or extra-dimensional forces interacted with the world. Like, they didn't, they didn't kill stuff just to kill stuff. They killed stuff because they didn't really know what they were doing. They don't understand life and death the same way we do. And I've always been very fascinated by that, especially uh, as a, like, kind of a, like, cra- in a love, crafty and horror kind of way. Uh, there's not really much else to say here. This is probably a 9 out of 10 for me. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not like one of my favorite books of all time, but I think it does some really interesting stuff. And it's probably the first book in a while for me to go, you know what, I think this world needs to be explored more. But also this character, I'm not sure this character needs much more, because I think this character kind of did what they needed to do. 
I feel like you could just like pop in this world with a thousand different characters, each from their own perspective, each running their own small little tasks to get through their lives. Because her ending kind of like, yeah, you could have a sequel to her, but I'm not really sure it would add much to her story. Her story was kind of done in its ambiguity. Uh, all in all, I very much liked it a lot more than I expected to. I mostly just bought this because there was a dragon on the front. And there isn't even a dragon in here. So a little disappointing. Well, okay, there's kind of a dragon. It's complicated. But uh, yeah. All right, guys, uh, that's going to be all here. We're going to be moving on to the spoiler section now, if you don't want any spoilers. And you know what? I would actually recommend going into this blind. Like, very much so. I don't always recommend that because, yeah, some things, you know, you can just like, uh, it's not a big deal. No, no, no. This one has some actual twists at the end, especially with her parents. I was, again, not expecting that one. So, uh, yeah. All right. Everybody gone who wants to read this? Cool. Uh, also, let me just give a warning. It's not an audiobook. I know. Disappointing. I had to read a physical book for this. Uh, luckily, I have a lot of free time at my job. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So. Felian and her little band go out to rescue the Chosen One. Uh, the reason they find out is because there's a massive catastrophe, specifically an earthquake. Whenever one of the Chosen Ones, one of the Dragonborn or whatever, they're, I can't remember exactly what they're called, uh, are born, there's a catastrophe of some sort. And the Evil Liberation Front wants to kill it because it's a threat to their reign. All the no, all the kings and queens of the previous generations were born of this line. Uh, whenever one is born, you know, they're born occasionally. It's sort of like an avatar. That's why I said it's kind of like Avatar. It's like the avatar is born over time. You can't really, like, permanently kill the avatar unless you go in the avatar state. It's sort of like this. Uh, there's another one to take its place. And... The future king is being rescued by this rebel. You know, he's a particular, I was second commander of the old queen. She and I were looking, she and I were in love and we were looking to overthrow, uh, you know, fix the corruption within the noble system. And then all the revolution happened. She died tragically. So now I'm trying to fulfill, you know, bring back and restore the honor to this land and free the mages that were once free to pursue their own interests uh, as, you know, guild members. And... You In a normal story, that's where your protagonist leans would be. And for a long time, I thought this was just doing a bad example of that. Like, I didn't really get a lot of chemistry with the others. And I felt like Felian was kind of keeping everyone at a distance. Because she was. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to really get into all the stuff with the king and uh, the future king going to the spirit world and all that. But basically, they end up back at the, um, at the rebels' hideout by traveling through the spirit world. During that time, one of the spirits that the re Liberation calls the demons, because they believe only the impure or, you know, the cruel of heart are turned into mages, which is why they need to suffer in life to atone for that. You know, all the bigoted stuff zealous assholes say when they want to uh, restrict the actions of others or when they want to uh, oppress an underclass. The usual stuff, you know. And she gets infected, although she can't be possessed by one of these things or devoured by them, she is bitten and the leader recognizes some of the taint that seeped into her veins. And, and even though some people are immune to them and can't be like consumed, they, they're, whenever they get bitten too badly, they'll get poisoned and it'll slowly kill them over the next years. And she's basically at this point, after killing one, one or two of the other people, she's now the figurehead of this entire liberation. So when she dies, the leadership will fall into chaos. It'll take a few years for that to happen. It'll be a slow death, but she's not the kind of person who will let go of power. So the rebels essentially have their end goal. They raise up their king. By the time he's ready to take the throne, or at least ready for a regent, she'll be there. 
she'll die, conveniently leaving the liberation in chaos, and they can rage a civil war. Um, one of their members uh, dies on the way, the one Felian had come closest to, and it seems like everyone's just ignoring him and nobody's going to let him talk to him. They're all like, oh, Felian, you'll be, you know, you'll join us as part of the five, uh, five arrow quiver for our new lord. And she's just like, look, I just want to figure out what happened to our other friend. What happened to him? It's like, he's, he's not going to make it, Felian. It's like, what was you big though? We have things to do. We have to finish our task. We have to save, we have to help the other rebels guide it to our base using our lamplight. And she does all this. And then she's there. She's, you know, at his side. She He was one of the people she became closest to. Uh, I forget the other guy's name. I'm sorry. I, I don't really remember most of the side characters' names, to be honest. Felion's really the only one who I had a strong connection to. And they end up having this, you know, sad scene where the leader comes in and is like, Oh, sir, you don't need to be here. It's like, no, no, no. This soldier fought bravely and he should be honored. We shall, you know, we when we destroy the liberation, he shall be at forefront of my mind. And, you know, the usual stuff. And... After, you know, his death and the tragic scene, Felian's walking away and they basically offered her a visa to escape her indenture uh, in order to get her to join them in their original quest <clears throat> before they got diverted. Now that she's, you know, done both the original quest and this, ad- uh, this other one, she asked for her payment and they're all like, wait, you're not going to stick around and help us, you know, overthrow the corrupt river, river liberation? We, we know about your past. Your parents spoke out against the liberation and were brutally killed. And you only, you were, instead of sent to a work camp, were imprisoned in the asylum because you were determined to be a mage. She was like, my parents weren't monarchists. They weren't with the, allied with the crown. They were, you know, they were declared traitors because they were teaching people how to read and write so they could study the laws and so how they could make their own choices. They were trying to inform the people. And this is something both the monarchy and the liberation has put people to death for. Uh, to my parents, both sides were equally bad because both of you just wanted to attain power and keep the underclasses underfoot. Whereas, she, like, literally her introduction was teaching another indentured, uh, indentured servant how to read and write so that they could uh, potentially have a better life for themselves once they got out. And even learning they were a mage who had managed to keep their status hidden. And swearing not to tell anyone. She was literally just looking out for other people on her level. She didn't care about who ruled. Because no matter who ruled, people like her would still suffer. Her town was even uh, annexed into the country under the monarchy. And the only reason they were under the liberation's thumb in the first place was because the monarchy had forcibly brought their town and their territory into this country. All she wants is to go back home and try and find uh, her stepfather... And, you know, see him again. Her mother was married to two people at once, uh, which was normal in her culture. And as a result of the, you know, the country that basically was occupying their territory, not understanding their customs, her second father was still alive. So she just wanted to reunite with him and go back to their her home. And she does. She manages to return there. And with the rebellion now brewing, you know, the new revolution now brewing up, the liberation doesn't have time for them. Uh the patrols are fading away, and for once, her town town is quiet. And she starts deciding to teach others. When mages come of age, she'll teach them. And when whatever the, whenever whoever wins comes to their doors, they won't find a peaceful village of farmers anymore. They will find those ready and understanding of the circumstances around them. Those who have been taught how to read and write, who know, who understand, who are not simple. And it was basically a saying of, 
we weren't involved in your conflict. You dragged us into all this and assumed we were going to be on your side because we didn't want to be on the other person's side. Um, and it's just, it, it was just interesting because in all these stories, whenever you have a situation like this, you just assume that, of course, yeah, their parents were killed by the liberation. Of course they want to help us, you know, restore the monarchy and fight against this corruption. It's like, no, no, no. They just want to go home. Their home is in this country. Their home was a small little plot of land that was annexed by this country. They don't give a shit. Um, and when you peel it all back, a lot, aside from like the really, really over the top liberation lady and her, you know, policies about how all the people who with magic are like tainted, aside from that, most of the liberation is about on the same level as the monarchy. They're essentially fighting over who gets to dominate the uh, less intelligent underclasses or the less, you know, knowledgeable underclasses, which felt uh, Felian makes very clear. They're perfectly capable of understanding the world and people were constantly telling them, oh, you don't understand this. These are too big of ideas. We're protecting you from them. And as a result, she kind of saw them all as self-righteous assholes. Uh, I know I spent a little while on her, but I just, that core hook at the end was very interesting to me. I, don't think I've seen a story that really does something like this in a while. Like, I think I've seen a few, but not many that have done such a good job of it. Because at first, this literally looks like a bad cliche of all the, uh, of, you know, like a bad stand-up of, like, a lot of the tropes of fantasy until it subverts it all at the very end. It makes you understand, oh, that's why it seems so similar to a thousand things that have become before. Because it's basically commenting on all of them. Which, again, very well done. So, yeah, like I said before, this is basically a 9 out of 10 for me. Not a book I'll probably go back to that often, but definitely something I'm glad to have read. And I would highly recommend it. Again, it's short to the point, and uh, you should definitely support things like this. So, yeah. I will see you guys next time. I should have Horizon Forbidden West done by then. Don't worry, I am trying to pile through the game as much as possible. Also, um, if you guys want to support me some more, you can actually visit this uh, my YouTube channel. It's in the link in the description. In addition, I am going to be streaming on uh, Thursday, in addition, on Tuesday and Thursday this week. I also streamed on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday because the new game. In addition, since I'm going to be off for Mardi Gras, I'm going to be streaming Elden Ring on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So isn't that going to be awesome? Join me there for a lot of good times. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.